a wonderful hymn, right? Uh, our, our shepherd who cares for us, who loves us, who gently takes us into his arms and leads us from this way, this, this, this place where there's pain and tears and leads us home. Um, Paul, speaking to the pastors in Ephesus, wrote this. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer and care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Dear friends of Christ, it's Mother's Day, and again, you know, we honor that wonderful, special person in our lives who brought us into this world, mothers. Mothers who loved you in many ways that nobody else could. Mothers who comforted you. Mothers who encouraged you and corrected you and cared for you. Mothers, how many meals did she cook? How many clothes did she wash? How many noses did she wipe? How many tears did she wipe away? How many things did she teach? How has she molded you by the sacrifices that she made for her children? It's because of who she is becomes what we are. So we thank our moms this day for what they've done. Deeds that, well, as children, you just can't ever repay. Mom is your champion. Mom is the one who's in your corner, and she cheers for you. And yet, strangely enough, this woman who is so very important in our lives, none of us chose her. None of us chose the one who raised us. God did. God chose her. God put her into your life. Every one of you. God's done the same thing for the good shepherd. You did not choose him. He chose you, the Bible says. He chose you. And of course, the good shepherd. Yeah, I'm talking about Jesus. He's the one who laid down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd. But not only is Jesus a shepherd, you have a shepherd here. Now, I didn't lay down my life for the sheep, but I have the message of the shepherd. And today, Paul talks about these kind of shepherds. And so for our theme on this Good Shepherd Sunday, overseers who care for the church of God. So what does Easter have to do with shepherds? Well, first of all, if it weren't for the good shepherd, there'd be no message. If it weren't for his death and resurrection, there'd be no message. There'd be no gathering. There'd be no pastor. There'd be no shepherd. And, but because he is risen, there's a message. A message that God says is entrusted to men. A message about our risen Savior. And so every congregation is assigned a man of God. So in terms of the Bible, pastor is a shepherd. Now, the word pastor is not found in the Bible. That's kind of a, uh, a Latin term uh, for shepherd. Uh, it, it's come along throughout the generations. Pastor, Latin. In the Bible, however, the words are elder or overseer. The pastor is an elder, an overseer to the church of God. And so today, Paul is giving us a sermon to the pastors. And he's speaking to the whole congregation. 
This is the only time in the book of Acts where Paul is addressing believers. Most of his sermons, he's addressing the unbelievers, those outside the church. But now he's addressing those who are inside the church, the people of God. And he says, you are the people of God and you have a man to set up before you. So Paul is talking to you today. And this message is for you. And Paul then describes his life as a shepherd and it's not going well. He says, as your shepherd, um, I've been through trials. I've been through difficulties. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was rejected by the people of God. He struggled for the sake of the gospel. He was impoverished, hungry, thirsty, without clothing. He understood what it meant to suffer for the gospel. Many pastors do. I think ministry can easily be summarized by tears and trials. You share the tears and you burden the trials, not just of your own, but of all the sheep. And being a pastor is a humbling vocation. Every pastor is reminded every day we don't have what it takes. I have a son now who's in his second year of seminary and he constantly tells me, Dad, I don't have what it takes. I have to constantly remind him, no, you don't. And you never will. And you'll be reminded of that each and every day of your ministry. And we don't need our congregation to help us know that. We already know. I don't have what it takes to be your shepherd. I I don't have the wisdom it takes. I don't have the intelligence it takes. I don't have the energy that, that it is necessary. I don't have the charisma it takes. I don't have the heart it takes. Ultimately, as pastors, we all learn the same thing. God puts us in this position and then gives us the power that comes from God. And He equips us to get the task done. And so God uses our weaknesses. God uses our our frailties. He uses our shortcomings. And again, every pastor has them. You guys know what mine are. You could make a list. Yes, I have weaknesses. But God makes us effective. Like Paul, we have come to realize that God's grace is sufficient. Paul talked to the pastors that had gathered together and he told them, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, so pay careful attention to you yourselves. So sometimes people in the church wonder why pastors preach about Jesus so much, about theology and, and doctrine. You know, why can't the church uh, preach more about being a better person or, or how to get along with people better or uh, maybe how to have a successful marriage or a successful life? Those are the things that the church needs to be talking about. Well, we don't do those things because we are called to talk about Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. Paul wrote, For I am determined to know, I I am determined not to know anything among you except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's the only thing I want to know. That's the only thing I want to communicate. Jesus Christ. So Paul stresses the teachings of Jesus. And and so 
we too are bound by our calling to do the same. God has called us to preach on every doctrine, on every teaching that Jesus has given us. But sadly today, pastors in the church aren't preaching what they have been given. They aren't preaching the Word of God, the teachings in the Bible, the whole counsel of God. Pastors who refuse to condemn sinful behavior. Pastors who refuse to call God's sheep back in repentance to God. They're wandering away from the shepherd, but they're scared to talk about sexual sin. Scared to condemn any type of sin, whether it comes in the form of divorce or adultery or fornication or homosexuality. Sin is sin and it's to be preached. Forgiveness is forgiveness and it's to be preached. God has called His shepherds to preach the whole counsel of God, the law and the gospel, the condemnation and the cleansing. Not only are shepherds to preach God's word no matter what, they are also called to serve. That's what shepherds do. Shepherds serve their sheep. And so God calls us calls pastors to be the shepherd to the sheep in the congregation. To apply God's word to your life. And so I study and I prepare. Whether it's a Bible study or a sermon, you figure out how can I touch those people's lives? How can I touch their hearts? And of course, I do that. I do that through sermons. I do that through Bible studies. But Yes, but, but in the end, I'm simply your pastor to serve the sheep. So how can I serve you? Every month I go serve our shut-ins, give them communion. Got about 50 of them. They know who I am. Their shepherd visits them. I've got other people in the church who call me up and they say, Pastor, we need to spend some time together. I go, I visit with them. Do you have a problem? Is something keeping you awake at night? Maybe you're stuck in a sin. Maybe fighting depression. Maybe you, want to, you don't know what to do. And you want to do the right thing, but you don't know what the right thing is. You have a shepherd. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm listening. And I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to equip you. I'm here to correct you. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to advise you to help you grow and to apply God's Word into your life that you walk the journey of eternal life. It's an interesting relationship between pastor and congregation, the sheep. Sometimes it's very close. Sometimes you're very close to the members of your congregation. Sometimes, sometimes not so much. But I'm here for your eternal good, and all you have to do is call, text. Let's get together. Let's, let's talk. Sheep to shepherd. Paul told the Ephesian pastors, pay careful, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all your flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So God has called pastors. It's, it's a divine calling. It's sinful men put into a divine assignment. I will disappoint you as the sheep disappoint their shepherd. 
We will disappoint each other, but all of us have been cleansed and forgiven. God uses sinful men to accomplish His divine purpose. To accomplish His purpose to guide His people. And that means when you get weary of hearing my voice, and I would imagine after 25 years you have, you can at least take comfort in knowing that God has matched us up together. It's a match made in heaven. And likewise, it's comforting for the local pastor to know that he has been called into your midst. He has a job to do, no matter how difficult, no matter how stressful, no matter how how busy that job may be. And yet it's not always easy to appreciate your shepherd, the shepherd that God sends. Every pastor has strengths. Every pastor has weaknesses. On my first day of ministry back in Oberlin, Kansas, I had a woman come up to me and she said, Pastor, we wanted an older man, more experienced shepherd. But I guess you'll do. And she's correct. God's shepherds will do. Paul says, this is the bottom line. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he obtained with his blood. The church doesn't belong to pastors and the church doesn't belong to you as lay people. I know we call it our congregation and that I'm a member of First English and, pastor says, and the pastor says, this is my congregation, but it's not. It's the church of God. It's the church of the good shepherd. It's his church. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life to save you. The good shepherd who died to save the sheep and rose again. And the people didn't appreciate the shepherd. They didn't appreciate all that. They rejected his message. They rejected who he was. They rejected his ministry. Then they nailed him to the cross. They didn't like what he had to say. Jesus' ministry was tough. Yet while pastors in the church are sinful with human flaws, Jesus was not sinful. And he had no flaws. He was perfect. He was a perfect good shepherd. They rejected him anyway. Still rejected his message. But Jesus was patient. Jesus was resilient. He was loving, even in the face of opposition. And from the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. The love of a good shepherd. Because the good shepherd loves his sheep. The good shepherd loves you. And the good shepherd shed his blood to save you. And he never would have done that if he didn't love you and want to prepare and want to provide for your spiritual care. As sheep of the good shepherd, you need to know you're precious and you're priceless. You're a treasure. You won't learn that anywhere else. The church is here to tell you You are valued and you are treasured in the eyes of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how much your life has been filled with fear and failure. No matter what you've encountered in this life, it doesn't matter. Jesus loves you and embraces you. And He takes all that you have. Give it to the shepherd. Give your life to the good shepherd. Lay it at His feet. And live in that quiet confidence that he suffered, he died, and he rose again. And one day he's coming back, the good shepherd, to take you home.
to live with him forever. You've been washed with the waters of holy baptism. You've been given that meal of his body and blood so that the good shepherd can make you his temple and that he lives in you. You are a child of God. You are the flock, the sheep of the good shepherd for whom the shepherd laid down his life to save the sheep. And I, as a shepherd of the good shepherd, have the high and holy calling to preach the word of God to you to guide you in the waters of baptism and in the bread and wine, to draw you closer to where Jesus comes to you, to encourage you and make sure that that you have that hope week in and week out. You need to hear that good news. We live in a fallen world. There's plenty of bad news. Plenty of bad news. Cross-bearing struggles. You certainly get a sense of that when Paul talked to those Ephesian pastors. He talked about imprisonment and he talked about afflictions. And he wrote, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves are going to come in among you. And these fierce wolves are not going to spare the flock. And from among your own selves, there will arise men speaking twisted things, lies, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert Remembering that for three years I did not cease day and night to admonish everyone with tears. So I'm here to admonish. Sometimes I do it with tears. But the world says twisted things. Twisted things to draw you away from God. Many listen to the the twisted ways of the world, the twisted words of the world, but they won't listen to the words of their shepherd. Graduates, as we honor you today, you need to beware. You're going out into a world filled with wolves that want to destroy you too. Our culture too says twisted things, lies, to draw you away from God's Word. Our culture distorts God's Word. Think how our culture has changed the definition of of marriage and sexuality. They say things that 70 years ago really would have been absurd, crazy. Today it's normal. So what can you do? Well, graduates, find a shepherd. You're going away from home. Find a shepherd. Listen to him. Find a pastor that teaches about Jesus. A pastor who will remind you that you have a good shepherd that follows you wherever you go and he calls you back and he keeps calling you back to the flock, calling you away from your sin to repent, to come back to him. And Jesus says says this in our gospel, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. I'll give them eternal life and they'll never perish and no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. Listen, I know you know it, I know it, God's church on earth is shrinking. God's flock is shrinking. It was a prophecy of the end times. Don't shrink away too. Stay steadfast and remember the promise that God gives you in Revelation 2.10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil is going to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. But 
be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.